Hey everybody, welcome to episode 26 here in What About Therapy. I'm Enoch Fossum, I'm a certified mindfulness life coach. I'm Austin Ivey, and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy, and we're both going to school here in the state of Utah to become marriage and family therapists. And today we're going to be talking about experiential avoidance, what it is, what it means, why it's bad, and how we can avoid it. So let's get right into it. Let's do it. All right. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see that we are joined by Zuko here, our little puppy. He just likes to sit up here when we happen to be recording. Every time. <laughs> he's a mascot. As we're getting ready and setting everything up, he's just laying down on the ground. And then when we want to record, he wants to get up on the chair. So I think he knows. And um, also, you might think to yourself, Enoch, you sound sick with COVID. And it's because I was. Last week uh, was my first experience with COVID. So... For, I mean, we're two years into this thing and I finally got it. Like, thank goodness. You could say you avoided it. <laughs> <laughs> I avoided it. And, I mean, I got it. I was bedridden for like two days. I had zero energy. It wasn't very fun. And I'm still congested. I feel great. Like, I feel really good. I'm just really congested. And I have a cough. So I have a cough drop in. And I may cough a couple times in the episode. And I'm not even going to try and edit those out because it's not worth it. And I may cough, not because I had COVID. My wife, wife had COVID at the same time as Enoch. Yeah. And um, I didn't catch it because my immune system is killer, I guess. But um, oh, yeah. I will be coughing maybe because I have asthma. And air quality in Utah is terrible right now. And yeah. I went fishing today and hiked like four miles along a river. Didn't catch any fish, but sure got myself a pre-asthma attack. So caught if I yourself cough, some I asthma. Caught myself some <laughs> asthma. So that was, yeah, you don't need a fly pole for that. You just need terrible lungs and an inversion to get that. So if you're looking for an asthma attack, I can help you out with that. Easy. No problem. So yeah, anyways, please forgive us sounding un under the weather, but the show must go on and we're going to make it happen. Oh yeah. So experiment, experimental, experimental, avoidance. experiential avoidance. I made that mistake earlier as well. <laughs> um, I mean, it's really simple experiential avoidance you're avoiding certain experiences and austin here has the the actual definition yeah so um it actually goes a lot along with uh, what we talked about in the last two acceptance and commitment therapy episodes we touched on it briefly i'm um, in those two other episodes of the part one and part two so go ahead and listen to that if you haven't because so you'll get some nice background in this but the definition um is avoiding a certain experience or a series of familiar experiences or an attempt or desire to suppress unwanted internal experiences such as emotions, thoughts, memories, and bodily sensations. Boom. There you so, go. So, yeah, it's pretty simple. You're just avoiding things that can that are undesirable. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can make you feel awkward, can make you feel, you know, bad. And you may think to yourself, oh, well, isn't that a good thing then? Because you're avoiding... Uh, things that could potentially hurt you and I mean, I'm sure there's an argument out there with yes, that is a good thing and I mean in a sense it is in the way that you know that your brain is working properly and You're working the way that you're supposed to and so just know that experiential avoidance is normal and It's just simply your brain trying to protect you obviously because if you don't want to 
feel pain or you're, you're going to do something that may hurt you, then your brain's going to do all it can to uh, avoid yeah, the situation. I always say it's like something like this is the default setting or the factory <laughs> setting that all humans kind of come from the factory with it. No one wants to feel unpleasant experiences. No one wants to feel depression or anxiety. And that's kind of what we're talking about with like unwanted feelings is if you have feelings of depression, anxiety, social anxiety, anger, um, all these like unwanted things that a lot of people deal with. Um, it's pretty normal to not want to feel that. And so the natural tendency for our problem solving brain our carnal, um, fight or flight brain is to solve the problem. And the easiest way to solve the problem is to avoid it and to run from it because as the fight flight, fight or flight response that it's hard to fight an emotion. So why not run from it? So let's just avoid it. And so that's, it's a pretty, it's a biological function really that we have to kind of fight against in a way to, to overcome the negative aspects of experiential avoidance. Right. I think it's something that we have to learn to accept and to first recognize like when we are avoiding a situation and trying to dig deeper. I mean, going into that situation and thinking why, like why, is my brain giving me these signals to avoid the situation? And I think going into those types of, of thoughts can be really insightful for you, especially if you don't know why you feel anxious or if you don't know why you feel a certain way when you either you think about something or you do a certain activity. I think when you spend time to really think about why you're feeling these feelings and why your brain is doing what it's doing, then that is when uh, you'll start to uncover things that you had no idea about. And that's mm -hmm. when you can really start to heal and to fix a lot of the issues that you struggle with on, from a day to day. Yeah, like what we're going to be talking a lot about today is kind of being with your negative emotions, being with the monster, being with the negative experience and embracing it like hugging it being right there with it because then you start to understand what it is and why it's there what's the trauma from your childhood that brought this or what ex what relationship did i have in my past that causes me to feel this way now or what experience that i have in school that made me socially anxious when you're be when you're with it and you fully embrace it for what it is you can learn a more a little bit more about yourself and why you are the way that you are and we're going to talk a little bit more about that um one other thing we wanted to mention like i wanted to mention for sure is that um the biggest problem with experiential avoidance is not the negative experience itself, not the negative emotion itself. It's the reaction that we give to the unwanted feelings and experiences. And that's with any pathology in general, really. It's the anxiety isn't the issue. It's the reaction that we give the anxiety. The, the depression itself is not the issue. It's how we respond to the depression is the real issue because depression, anxiety are normal. Things that we avoid are normal unwanted feelings are normal. It's the real problem lies in how do we react to it? And most of the time it's unhealthy. And so from this article that I found from verywell.com, um, says in 1996, psychologists from the university of Nevada wrote an important paper that many forms of psychopathology are not merely bad problems. There are also bad solutions based on dangerous and ineffective use of experiential avoidance strategies. So if anyone knows about pretty early days of psychology they know about freud and the defense mechanisms which is the ego defenses like uh i guess what are some of the ego defenses that he talks about some of the uh like uh projection um and i'm totally blanking now you have projection i mean me too it's been it's been a minute since i took general psychology so yeah. um 
Insert, do a Google search. You'll find some of the defense mechanisms that we go. do. And that's, we're not pros uh, yet, you guys. Yeah, we're, a break. we're don't even have an associate's degree yet. And that's, yeah, we're just, uh, we do what we can. Um, but some of those defense mechanisms, which we all do, and some are healthy and normal, but other ones that are extremely unhealthy, coping mechanisms to ex- for experiential avoidance would be things like substance abuse, drinking, smoking, drug use of any kind, um, unhealthy sexual behavior like pornography or... Um, risky sexual behavior in that way or just complete and total like agoraphobia where you just avoid pull yourself out of society and um isolate yourself so all those reactions to um, psychopathology or negative experiences are the issue not the feeling itself yeah i would say some of those uh like defense mechanisms are more uh, cognitive distortions Mm -hmm. that david burns talks a lot about and so there you go. You can listen to episode one Ooh, of this podcast. Is It's about cognitive distortions. I haven't listened to that in, I mean, since I recorded it. So there may be some things that I don't agree with anymore. And that's, but I mean, that's the cool thing about uh, therapy is that things are always evolving. I mean, with any science really is things are always evolving. But things like cognitive, cognitive distortions, I think are going to stay around forever. So things like, you know, all or nothing thinking, labeling, um, you know, you have them. Um, episode one, I think one, two, and three might all be about cognitive distortions. But those are those are natural things that happen in the brain. And yes, you can argue that those are more uh, nurture, so things that we learn, things that society teaches us. And I would agree that a lot of those are. But I also think that some of them, I mean, especially if they bring us pain, um, that those cognitive distortions are natural and they just kind of tend to happen. It's just the way the brain works and that's okay. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just a thing. Our brain's way of trying to avoid pain. It's, um, I heard this great quote. I'm going to butcher it. Or it's like, our, I think the quote is our brains are really good at keeping us alive, but they're terrible at making us happy. I think that's the quote. I think, I, think, might, I think that's the quote too. I think, I think it's from a, I think it's a Stephen Hayes quote. Um, your brains are really good at keeping us alive, but terrible at helping us find happiness because Something everything like is based off of trauma and like actually staying alive. And so when you have an emotional problem with the brain that's focused on keeping you alive, it's going to take every emotional problem or unwanted physical or unwanted uh, mental experience as it's going to kill you. And so it's going to have you respond in the way that it's a life threat. And that's why we have these terrible um, reactions to unwanted experiences because our brain is just trying to keep us alive, even though these things aren't going to kill us. These unwanted experiences aren't going to kill us, but the brain thinks it's going to. So therein lies experiential avoidance. That's where it comes from is the brain's attempt at keeping us alive from social anxiety i guess yeah yeah and not just social anxiety but just from anything anything yeah mm-hmm. anything that can bring you any kind of pain and that's what we're going to talk about here in this section are two different kinds of pain there is the pain of presence and the pain of absence so an example of pain of presence would be i feel like every example i go to is social anxiety pretty easy a lot of people deal with it yeah yeah. yeah, a lot of people deal with that so we'll keep with that but um so if you have social anxiety and you go to a party 
and you feel anxious. That's pain of presence. That's pain that you're experiencing right here now because you're going, you're doing something that brings you pain. I hope that makes sense. Mm. Does to me. Yeah. And then, sorry if you hear, hear my, uh, what's it called? My cough drop <laughs> over around my mouth. I didn't try not, try not to do that, but it's working. I haven't coughed yet. And then, as I almost coughed, <laughs> and then there is the pain of absence. Now, the pain of absence is something that was new to me. Like even just last year, I had I've never heard of pain of absence, but I've experienced pain of absence throughout my entire life, and I'm sure you have too. But pain of absence is when using the same situation um, of social anxiety or you get uh, you get invited to a party but first let's say you have a value of connection you value connecting with other people and i feel like i I think we talked about this last episode too how i feel like people at their core all have values of connection at least to a certain degree absolutely yeah. yeah to a certain degree i think we all value connection one way or another even if you say you don't like being around people yet you play a lot of video games and why because you tend to connect with people online over video games. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I experience when I play video games is connection with others, and I think it's fun. Anyways, so you have this connection with others, and you are invited to this party, yet you have social anxiety, and so you choose not to go to the party. But you think, your brain thinks you're avoiding pain of presence, right? You're avoiding pain altogether. And yes, you're avoiding pain of presence, but with pain, without pain of presence, usually comes pain of absence because you are avoiding this value that you have, this value of connection, instead of going to this party and feeling pain of presence for a minute, you then feel pain of absence. And a lot of the times I think pain of absence is worse than pain of presence, especially when it goes against your values and something that you believe at your core is you. If you value connection and you avoid it, then you're still going to feel pain because of the pain of absence. I hope that makes sense. When I first heard this idea, I... I had to listen to it a couple of times and kind of hear different uh, different scenarios because it was a little confusing. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, that's like the, the source of a lot of problems. And in general psychology, they would call it cognitive dissonance where our attitudes and the way we act is not lining up with our... Um, or I guess our behavior is not lining up with our attitudes. So we have this attitude or belief about something and we're not in line with that. So... We create, it creates this cognitive dissonance where you feel disconnected from your true self because when you avoid the pain of presence and slip into that pain of absence, you're really at war with yourself. You're running from who you truly are. And most people probably feel anxious going to a party. Unless you're an extreme extrovert, you probably have some sense of right. um, of social anxiety. And we're st- sticking on the same, I guess, um, example as before just because it's easy and helps get the idea across. But you can apply it to anything that um, when you start avoiding the pain in a, in spite of, or over the value, you're going to start turning to some real problems because you're running from who you truly are and what you truly care about. And so if you have that value of connection, you're always making up excuses not to go over to your friends or see your family because your mother makes you anxious or there's a cousin that makes you anxious. And so you just avoid it altogether. 
yeah, you might avoid that pain of presence, but of course you're going to start to feel that pain of absence because you are betraying yourself and your values. And the pain that you feel from the pain of presence is not to, um, it's a totally normal thing. Like if you think about, um, again, going back to like most people probably feel anxious with their family or with their friends or in any situation that you feel anxious or depressed, I think it's safe to say that most people would also be, or a good amount of people in the world would also be anxious or depressed in your same situation. That's called normalizing in therapy. A lot of therapists will go through a, a series of, like a conversation where they normalize the patient's problems to make to help them know that um, that they're not the only one dealing with it and that it's a normal thing. Um, because when you feel the pain of presence or the, the pain that you experience when you're doing something that you value but it still hurts and you're having that internal battle, um, it's it's normal and it's a, it's a signal because this is a and this is a quote from the Liberated Mind book by Stephen Hayes. He says, um, "You care where you hurt, and you hurt where you you hurt where you care. Your pain is a signal of things you care about most. So running from it is like running from a part of yourself who is longing for meaning. And so when you run from that pain of presence, um, which is really just a signal of the things that you care about. If you if you're anxious about going to a party, it's probably because you truly care about people in your life. And if you're anxious about, um, I don't know, doing a work presentation, let's say you have like a, a sales report to do, like a quarterly sales report to do at work and you're extremely anxious over it because of like how, like how you're going to perform, it's probably because you really care about the job and you really care about your employees and you want to come off as a helpful, hardworking employee. And so you could avoid it by saying that you, like calling out sick the day that you um, you have the uh, presentation and push it off on one of your coworkers, or you could show up, feel the pain of presence, but feel the the fulfilling, meaningful enrichment of mm -hmm. turning towards your values and overcoming the pain of presence while feeling the um, the joy of turning towards your values. And that's um, that's really like the that's the almost the way out of um, experiential avoidance is realizing that your pain is a signal and something to be to be embraced rather than ran from yeah and i think the way out is to go in there's essentially pain of absence can last forever mm -hmm. especially again when it goes against your values that's when pain of absence is at its worst and so if you think about it pain of absence can last forever if you don't do anything and that goes against your values of doing something then the longer you do nothing, the more your pain is going to be. Instead of rather avoiding pain of presence, you can go towards it, and that pain of presence won't last forever. Um, and I think that's just such an interesting concept, is when you go to it, when you go towards it, yes, you're going to feel pain of presence, and that's okay. That's a totally, that's a totally normal response to whatever it is you're doing. However, the more you do it and the more you go towards it, the more you encircle, encircle yourself with it, that pain of presence will start to dissipate and to go away. But with pain of absence, that doesn't happen. The more you avoid it, the more you avoid your uh, doing something you value, it's not like it all of a sudden goes away because, oh, you know, that's not who I am anymore. Whenever you try to trick yourself into thinking that, 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 that doesn't work. Your brain's not stupid. I mean, you know, you may think it is sometimes, but 
it's not stupid. Your brain is really smart and you really can't trick it for the most part. I mean, I know we have placebos and stuff, but uh, for the most part, you can't trick your brain and say, I don't believe this or I don't think uh, that's real or whatever. And your brain's going to say, oh, okay, like whatever you say then. Like, that's not really, that's not how it works. So the pain of absence, it will go on forever unless you address it and actually go towards it and embrace the pain of presence because eventually it will go away. We were actually just talking about this as we were getting ready for the episode. You can relate it to, now this may be kind of far, you know, out there, whatever you want to call it, but you can relate it to a scary movie. <laughs> How when you watch a scary movie, okay, me, I do not like scary movies. I hate Same. scary movies. Me too. I would rather watch, uh, you know, My Little Pony. <laughs> 10 hours and, of Melon. <laughs> for real. <laughs> 10 hours of uh, Pengu. I think it was awesome. <laughs> Rather than, you know, uh, what's a scary movie? The Haunting, or The Haunting of Connecticut. The Conjuring. Poltergeist or something. Or yeah, The Conjuring. Something like that. One. It. Ugh. I mean, I heard It Disgusting. was kind of dumb, the new one, but... Disgusting. I haven't seen it, see, because I don't care and I don't like scary movies. But anyways, I am avoiding that pain of presence. But, for this sake, we're watching a scary movie, and every time you get scared... Okay, every time you start to feel oh, a little anxious, a little scared, you stop the movie and you restart it until you start to feel that same feeling again. Now, if I was really to do that, I think I would do that forever because I don't think that, you know, without getting to the other side of that scariness, um, it still has its power. It will always be scary. However, if you keep watching the scary movie, and like I did this once with Insidious, Insidious mm -hmm. 1. And we went back the second time we watched it and we would pause it, the scary movie, like the scary moments to look at like the monster or the... Yeah, the one that looks like Darth Maul. Whatever, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that thing. We would pause it like in that scene when he was in the corner, you know, up in the scene. Yeah, city. I know the exact we scene. We paused it and we just looked at him. It was like, interesting. We think that's really scary, and it is when it's, you know, an instant, like a second, right? But when you pause and look at it for what it is, it takes its power away of being scary. And obviously, you don't have the scary music and the pop-up noises, like, you know, that freaky music, tiptoe through the window by Tiny Tim. <laughs> yeah, that one's bad. <laughs> that's brutal. But when you just pause... And then you keep watching and pausing at those scary movies or the scary moments that takes the power away. Then when you watch it again, the next time, it's just, it doesn't have the same effect on you anymore. Rather than just restarting whenever you feel anxious or scary, instead of just taking the time to, okay, like this is what we're looking at here. When you just accept and look at it for what it really is, not trying to change it, avoid it or whatever, you just are with it, then that's when you're able to overcome it. Yeah, it, it takes the mystery out of it and it allows you to diffuse from the situation. And again, it's easy to say with the scary movie because the music's not playing and the lights are on and you can look right at it. Yeah. I had a very similar experience too. I watched Insidious on um, Halloween night with my friends and we slept over and we woke up the next morning and watched it during the day. And it was so much less scary because yeah. um, it was. I mean, the situation was different so you can make a different argument and say that's bull because the situation is different and it's not nighttime. <laughs> but we did the same thing. We paused right in the, when he's in the corner 
And there's another part where he like shows up right behind the person, yeah. like over the yeah. shoulder, and like is he's like looking scary. <laughs> um, but then you pause it in that moment. He looks looks exactly like Darth Maul from the Phantom Menace and from the Clone Wars and Star Wars. So if you've seen that, if you haven't seen Insidious, that's who this demon looks like. It's it's uncanny without the horns in the head. Mm-hmm. And so when you we got to see it for what it truly is, it it took the the monster out of it. It was just we got to see it for. Um, what it was and it was just a, a make-believe demon and that's kind of what we can do with our negative internal experiences when you move towards it embrace it and just focus solely on it not like unhealthily obviously but when you accept it for what it is you have an opportunity to see it for what it truly is rather than what your brain thinks that it is and is making it out to be because it's trying to keep you alive and that social anxiety is really going to kill you that depression is really going to kill you when you can embrace it and really pick it apart and spend the time with it, you can understand that it's not going to kill you. The reactions that you're giving it based off of your brain's interpretations of it are really going to kill you. Right. And so how do we how do we move out of that? How do we go from point A to point B? How do we go from scary monster in the corner to Darth Maul in the corner? <laughs> like that's how do we make that shift? And um we talked about this a lot in our previous episodes about acceptance and commitment therapy. Um, but it's acceptance. That's the way out of avoidance because the opposite of avoidance is acceptance and creating psychological flexibility, which we talked a lot about in those other two episodes about ACT. And so, and like I said, the opposite of avoidance is acceptance. And part of acceptance is being willing to accept the gifts that your pain is trying to give you, willing to accept those um, positive experiences that are found in the negative experiences. You have to be willing to accept that gift as it is and not try to change it into what you want it to be. Because like we said earlier, earlier, there is a signal in the pain. There is a, there's a message to be received or a value to be found in the negative experience. There's something that could be pulled out of it that could be a benefit to you. So when you bring it with you, rather than avoiding it, you can learn what it is and you can use it to your advantage. And so you have to spend that time with it. You can't avoid it. You can't close your eyes when it starts to get scary. You really have to involve yourself with it you have to become friends with your with the darth maul in the corner you have to understand it so that way you can take the the mystery out of it and start to understand i had this anxiety because one time i peed my pants in elementary school or and that's just brought that's brought me to this point in my life and i've avoided all these experiences because of that and insert trauma experience here which has led you to your overall experiential avoidance now experiential avoidance now and anyone can do that about any situation. But So when you spend that time with the negative experience, you can learn what it is and why it is and take little opportunities from it and lessons and use it to your advantage because it's not just a negative experience. It can be a positive experience if you spend the time with it, for sure. Yeah, I agree. And when you do look at, you know, try and find the source of when you started with the, you know, experiential avoidance, look back and see how much of your life you honestly didn't live because you were just simply avoiding an experience that or experiences that could have been triggering for you. You know, if it triggered, like let's say you did pee your pants in elementary school and so you didn't want to, you know, do anything that would trigger any type of emotions or feelings that would have to do anything, you know, with that. And you may have missed out on a lot of opportunities in your life and missed out on a lot of uh, growth opportunities mm-hmm. because it would, because they might have um, reminded you of these memories that, yes, are very real, 
but it's over, it's done. Mm -hmm. And your brain is obviously just trying to keep you alive and honestly keep it alive. I don't know if it cares much about you. It just cares about itself. And <laughs> I mean, that's true. If you think which about is it. you, but which isn't you, which is a weird, exactly. or a weird Deep idea. Thought. Yeah. <clears throat> but cause your brain doesn't care if that hurts you. If you have experiential avoidance, if you avoid living the life you want to live because, Oh, Hey, it may hurt you or I may die. Your brain doesn't care if you know you don't live your life. As long as you stay alive, it's happy. And mm. so when you look back on that, um, you know, I would, I guess I wouldn't say don't look for all the negatives of when uh, you didn't live the way you lit, wanted to live because of that experiential avoidance, but just know that you will probably see that and realize that you missed out on a lot of opportunities. But that's a good thing because you can make a change and a difference right now. And you can realize how much potential, how much life is still to live because you, you know, if you just accept what is, accept who you are as you are, instead of avoiding those situations that would um, bring you those, those feelings of, you know, whatever it is, anxiety, depression, what have you, you can start to see that there's a lot to do in life and there's a lot that you can do. And one of my favorite quotes from Jesus from the Bible is the truth will set you free. And that is such a powerful quote and that is so true. The truth will set you free. The truth is things as they really are. They, Like Austin was saying, you don't try and change the truth. You don't try and you know, warp it into something that you want to believe. The truth is concrete and it is what it is, as the cool kids say. Um, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is, it you is know? What it is. And so when you just learn to accept that, then that's when you will be set free. And let me tell you, that's not an easy thing to do, obviously. It's really hard and it takes practice. But when you first recognize, I hope if you've heard at least, you know, two episodes of this podcast, you'll realize or you'll you would have heard that recognition is the first step. You know, first recognize, okay, what the issue is, why are you feeling pain? Why are you, you know, feeling a certain type of way? That's the first step. And once you start to recognize it, then you can start going towards it and start to be curious, you know, thinking about why am I feeling this way? And instead of avoiding it, you can start to go towards it and start to learn to accept it and see it as it is. Mm -hmm. And that's when you'll be set free. And that's when you are given true power from moment to moment. And every moment is when you see things as it is and you learn to accept it. Absolutely. And I guess the only thing else I could add to this episode, um, studying for it and listening to audiobooks and reading articles, um, the biggest takeaway I took for myself is that to live a good life, you have to get rid of the thought that you're never going to feel pain or suffering. The, the reality of human existence and this life on earth in general is you're going to suffer an, an exorbitant amount. There's going to be a lot of suffering in your life. You're going to lose loved ones. You're going to break your foot. You're going to get sick with COVID. You're going to lose money on something. Like You're going to waste money on things. So you have to get out of your head that you're not going to feel pain and you can avoid feeling pain because you can't. It's always going to be there. You, you might be able to numb yourself for a certain amount of time. 
by distracting yourself with video games, by literally numbing yourself with opiates or alcohol or um, other substances, or you can engage in other distracting, unhealthy <laughs> behaviors. Um, but you have to get out of your head. You're never going to feel pain. And so if your pain's always going to be there, you might as well run towards it and own it rather than letting it own you. And I, we talked about this in the second part of our ACT episode. And we've been quoting that a lot just because these two, these topics are so, so joined at the hip. But there's this great quote from uh, one of the great ACT therapists and researchers, um, Russ Harris. And um, Russ Harris, and he says in his book, um, The Happiness Trap, that the goal is not to be the goal is not to be happy and pain-free. The goal is to live life. And to live life is to experience all ranges of human emotion, both good and bad. And that's a paraphrase, of course. But the idea is that to live a full and meaningful life as a human being, it's going to be full of happiness. You're going to go to Disneyland and you're going to enjoy a great meal. I'm going meal. in two weeks. He's going in two Woo! weeks. He's going to have a great time. But at Disneyland, great. you're going to run into long lines. You're going to run into crying nice. kids. You're going to have sore feet. And that's part of the experience, and you can't avoid that. But you can't accept it as the part of the experience. And that's that's like the analogy of life is um, accepting pain as it is and turning pain into lessons and using it to your advantage because pain is always going to be pain, so you might as well take advantage of it. Beautiful. So I hope you learned something new in this episode. And please, if you did, go ahead and apply it. And you'll start to see a difference in your life and start to take back your power that you have in your life to do what you want, live the life that you want to live and bring that pain along with you. Mm -hmm. You're going to feel pain. That's okay. It's not a bad thing. It just is. It's just life. And the truth will set you free. So thanks again for joining. If you listen this far, you are just great. Love you. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. If you do like it, though, leave a five-star review. I mean, <clears throat> if you think we're five stars. Or four stars or two stars. I we'll mean, take yeah. what we get. Again, just let us know. I know we say this all the time, but just really let us know what you think about the the podcast. Let us know if there are things that we can change. <clears throat> and, you know, if you criticize my voice in this episode, okay. Like, <laughs> let me know. Let me know what you Drop think. Drop it in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah. If you're listening to Spotify, hop over to YouTube and leave a comment. We'll... Uh... We haven't got one yet, so it'd be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> we could get there that. You go. And, um, we're working hard at this, and um, we love doing it for you guys. So, and we'll start doing some giveaways once we start getting some comments and reviews. So, you know, that could be an incentive. If you're the first person to leave a re- leave a review, hey, maybe you're gonna get a uh, what about something. therapy uh, merchandise something, thing? Something. You know, hey, yeah, there's something. But anyways, we love you guys, and we will talk to you next week. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy?